The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Waiver wire. Some rookies making noise. Jamison Williams back this week. Who should you be picking up? How much fab should you be spending? Should you be using your number one waiver wire priority for some of these guys? We welcome you to the Tuesday morning show. Ugh. Oh, God, what a night for me last night. Ugh. I thought coughing for three weeks was bad. And then I had that experience. Ugh, terrible. You got to tell us about the uh, the tailgate where Dan left you. So, Dan, yeah, so I meet, up with, <laughs> I meet up with Dan. I walked so far. I walked 15 minutes to go to a tailgate with Dan. I couldn't wow, find him. excruciating, 15 minutes. That was a long walk, okay? And then for me, that's the longest I've walked in a while. Did you have to stop to like pee along the way <laughs> no. and have some water? Did you have to that's catch your breath? I was cramping. A little bit. Did you have a walking stick? I was cramping, you know? I had to get a, a golf cart to take me the rest of the way. No, when, so you, I, when you tell your kids about, about how easy their childhood is, you say, I once had to walk 15 <laughs> minutes at a tailgate. <laughs> With steps. There were steps. Anyway, I get there. And I talked to him for, I don't know, one to two minutes, maybe maybe up to four minutes, I think I said on Twitter. And I'm talking to his brother. He leaves me with his brother. He was a very nice guy, definitely the cooler Schneier. And then he get, he's like, oh, someone's calling me. They're trying to meet up with me at the tailgate. So he steps away. He steps away for about 10, 15, 10 minutes at least, I'd say. And his brother sees his, you know, his friends, and they start talking, and I am just sitting there by myself doing nothing. Trying to look cool. I don't know. I started reading on my phone, walked away. So Schneier ditched me at the at the tailgate. So thank you, Schneier. Damn. But we have more Did he important ever, things. Like, reach out to talk back about. to you? Yeah, he came back. He came back. Oh. Yeah. Um, I do have a nickname for Daniel Jones. It is the fugitive. Because he is always running for his life. He's gonna be running from Brian Dable in a minute when we bench him. <laughs> They're not benching. Give me a break. All right. The big news we're following this week and what will impact your waiver wire. Uh, Jamison Williams is eligible to play this week. Welcome back. Welcome That's the back. big news you said. Yeah, that's really the biggest news of all. Okay, what's the biggest? I mean, there is other news. Javante Williams. Devante oh, oh, there it is. Finally, we got the, the big news. Good. That's that's not the biggest news. What am I, what am I missing? There's a, there's a running back that's going to practice on Wednesday and play. Oh, and okay, a receiver Jonathan, who I was going to There's a practice. lot. Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor. I was, okay, I'm getting to oh. all that. Oh. There's some news, Listen, but let's talk more about Javante Williams. This was supposed to be waiver wire news, okay? I was doing... You didn't say that. I did Walking. say the news that will impact your waiver wire. Jamison Williams, Ellis Will People play. might be dropping Zach Moss. Matthew Stafford has a hip injury is expected to play. Kenny Pickett might actually play this week. Mac Jones is going to remain the starter. Javante Williams might play this week, but he's got this hip injury. Devontae Adams, we got to check on him. He hurt his shoulder. He came back, but he said it was in a lot of pain after the game. Mike Evans going on a bye this week, but he reportedly has a minor hamstring injury. Justin Herbert won't miss time with a finger injury. Pat Fryermuth is expected to miss two to three weeks. Tyler Higby has a thumb injury, uh, but we expect him to play, right, as of now? Yes, because uh, mm-hmm. he's interesting for the way he heard is signing his contract extension. Ah, uh, and Luke Musgrave in the concussion protocol. But yeah, so Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Do you guys think? Do you guys rank them right now for Week Five? Cup, no. Taylor, yes. Okay, but these guys are on the horizon. Taylor has a good chance to play this week. By the way, we do have four teams on by, 
So, you know, we've got to make some plans there. Um, and, yeah, you might need a quarterback. There's some some good players on by this week. Uh, all right, we've got a lot to get to, including, as I said, Fab Talk and, uh, yeah, who to drop, of course. That's very interesting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, Jamie, who's the top uh, priority? Two of the top three priorities on the waiver wire for you. The top one is Julio McLaughlin. I mean, just, you know, not only did he step in for an injured Javante Williams and perform well, you had Sean Payton saying on Monday that he was uh, encouraged by his work and probably needs to give him some work, some more work moving forward. So is that an indication that Javante is not going to play in week five or is it an indication that when Javante is playing healthy, we now have a three-headed backfield, uh, which could be very messy across the board. But if Javante misses any time and, you know, it's sort of, I don't want to say conflicting reports, but, you know, Payton wouldn't address it yesterday. He said, that's how we handle injuries. We just don't discuss them. Um, you have a you have a potential starting running back for this week because I don't think Samaj P. Ryan's role is going to change. So I think McLaughlin steps into the Javante role, and that would be a number two running back for this week. So he's the he's the prize, and then it really comes down to I think what you need. You want to look at some of these receivers that have a chance to be impactful at some point. Michael Wilson and, and Jamison Williams being the top two, or do you want to address what's been another miserable year at tight end and get a Jake Ferguson, a Cole Komet, Zach Ertz? You know guys that have either been productive or coming off productive weeks and have some favorable situations moving forward. You mentioned quarterbacks. Sam Howell looks like he's in a good spot coming off a good game and gets a great matchup against the Bears. So I don't know if there really is a second or third immediate guy to point to and say this is the second best player to add off waivers. To me, McLaughlin is the is the prize for this week. To be fair on McLaughlin, Peyton has talked him up before and then not really giving him much work. But this is the first time that we saw him get extended playing time because of the Javante injury, and he's fast, and he's got these gorgeous cuts. He can catch the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if the time came where he played considerably more snaps than Javante Williams, even when Javante's healthy. Mm -hmm. Because Javante's physical, but he's not doing much of anything else out there. And McLaughlin can just create yardage. So I'm I agree with you. He should be the number one waiver claim. And uh third week in a row, we've got a nice young running back that fantasy managers can 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 get into. He's just a little bit different than Ford and Achan because we don't know if he can be a, a must-start guy right away. Whereas with yeah. Ford and Achan, people were drafting him or picking him up off the waiver wire rather and starting him right away. We don't know if we're gonna be able to do that with McLaughlin. I'll take Wilson. As the, as the next best one. I'm, I was impressed with how he looked. He looked better for Arizona than he did in college. He's big. He's strong. He can move. He's got good agility. He can, he's got good route versatility. He doesn't run just like three or four routes. He can run a bunch of other stuff. He beat man coverage. He beat zone coverage. This is an Arizona offense that's way better than we thought it would be. He just has an injury history that you have to worry about. But he's out there in a ton of leagues. Jamie, you and I play in an office league. I've been holding my number one waiver claim spot to use on somebody who I think could help my team. I'm using it on Michael Wilson. Okay. Don't even bother putting hold him away. Hold on, claim, hold Jamie. on, hold on. You're not getting him. That's I'm going to take Michael Wilson. That's a super deep league. Waiver claim. It's, a it's a super, super deep, deep league. league. Right. I already had McLaughlin in that league. Yeah. So, right. For context purposes, you're right, Adam. 22 teams, deep benches, like anybody who's even decent is already on a roster. But Wilson has slipped through the cracks. Happy to use that number one waiver claim on him. Because I couldn't get McLaughlin. If McLaughlin were there, I would have taken him over Wilson. Right. But I, I like Wilson a lot. I like him better than Jamison Williams. So that's something to keep in mind. If you have the number one waiver claim this week, we got the Browns, the Seahawks, the Chargers, and the Buccaneers on by. So if someone drops Ken Walker and DK Metcalf and Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen this week, you don't want to waste that. No, I mean, look, someone could drop Jerome Ford maybe. Um, no. I think that the, there, there's Ten two obvious drops that you're going to be looking for if you have the ability to pick up players after waivers run. And it's the two rookie wide receivers because they've done yeah. nothing so far. Yeah. Quentin Johnston and Jackson spent the Jigba. And there's going to be great games ahead. And I have them as drops listed here because it is going to be some decisions that you have to make with some roster crunches. But as I explained in the column, I'll say the same thing here. If you don't have to drop them, don't drop them. But yes. they're 
waste of your they're wasting on your wasting space on your roster right now because they're just not producing. And so if you have quarterback issue or tight end issue or defense or 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 kicker issues and you have a lot of injuries that you're dealing with of guys that are producing, then it's tough to make some of these decisions. So, you know, what I would what I would do if I have these guys and there's not somebody that's standing out to you or if you know like somebody like Dave is going to pick up McLaughlin or Wilson or Williams or any of these other players that you can't get your hands on is wait till waivers run, try and do it at the end of the week if you have to drop those guys mm-hmm. and then yeah. you know see if you have the ability to get them back because you don't want to give them up, especially knowing that Johnston just played a hell of a lot of snaps. He just didn't get a lot of targets and ran a lot of routes. And you know, Smith and the Jigba is still going to have a big season at some a big pocket of the season at some point. Um, but right now they're just not producing. So Jaleel McLaughlin, Michael Wilson, and maybe a guy like Jake Ferguson, um, CJ Stroud, if he's still available, would obviously be a priority. And he's, he's going to be available in a lot of leagues, especially if you don't play on CBS Sports, because he's 68% rostered in CBS Sports League, CJ Stroud, which means in Yahoo, ESPN, I don't know, somebody maybe can look up the roster percentage. I'm guessing it's about 50%, maybe even less for CJ Stroud, who's got three straight games with right around 25 fantasy points. Uh, if you want some more in-depth talk on McLaughlin and Michael Wilson, we did that on Beyond the Box Score yesterday. But I compared McLaughlin to Devon A-Chain in just that he's... He, well, I mean, Chan. So, yeah, sorry. Um, but the difference is like Mostert was playing well, but, but uh, you know, he just looks like a breath of fresh air and just a lot faster than the other guys on the team. And we'll see what happens. I, I just think if you look at the Broncos running backs and the way they've performed so far, the touches have been too split. I mean, I think we have to throw this out there right now. You could use your first waiver claim in theory on McLaughlin or Michael Wilson. You could drop them in a week, right? I mean, is that scenario exists? This is not a slam dunk waiver wire week if, if these are the two guys we're talking about it. Maybe not a week, but these guys might not give you much return on investment. That's my take. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair, you know, especially if if Javante's healthy. You know, like right. we're going to have a lot of people Tuesday night run to go get him, understandably so. And then we get to Wednesday and, mm-hmm. and Javante's limited, and by Friday he's practicing and ready to go. And then it's he's limited to, as you see, you know, if, if you're watching and if you, and if you saw the game, 10 total touches. Like that's not a guy that you want to break the bank for if he's going to be in a three-headed committee. So while he may be getting more work and maybe even becoming the featured guy per se in the, in the committee, he's still not necessarily I think going to be the featured guy like we talk about for a lot of running backs. So you're 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 banking on the hope that Javante is either going to miss time or get benched. And I don't know if Sean Payton is at that point with him yet to give McLaughlin the full necessarily workload. And and look, to be fair, even though he looked great he still played less snaps than Samaje right. and, and Javante left in the first quarter. Right. So it's not like they're going to go strictly to one guy. And we know Sean Payton's history. He's used multiple running backs before when he was in New Orleans. So um, it, it there is that re- reality. And there is a reality that Michael Wilson's the same thing. Like he's, you know, he's coming off, I would say two decent games. You know, he didn't have a lot of targets the game before. He actually played more than Rondell Moore the first time the season was in week three. Uh, he had two catches for 82 yards, you know, or 86 yards, whatever it was, you know. So he's got big play potential, as Dave alluded to. You know, there's a lot to like about his situation. And I think at this point, you could you could easily say he's the number two receiver. You know, Rondell Moore has, has played more snaps three of the four games, but just had a game where he had two targets and no receptions. You know, Moore is more of a gadget guy at this point. So I think for Michael Wilson, as Josh Dobbs continues to improve, and he's been great, you know, for what we expected of him. Um, they're they're getting reliable production really out of three guys. You know, I know Zach Ertz's numbers aren't overwhelming, but you know, he's he's catching the ball. Obviously, Marquise Brown's been good. And now Michael Wilson, I think, is going to be one of these receivers. Like when we look back on the season, we say, okay, this was the start of hopefully the the yeah. breakout performance, you know, to whatever heights it gets to, but the 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 start of it was was now. Yeah, Michael Wilson uh, had seven catches, 76 yards, and two touchdowns. And the week before, he had that 86-yard game against Dallas. Only two targets. One, it was a busted play for like a 69-yard uh, busted coverage for like 69-yard catch and run for Michael Wilson. Um, I think you just mentioned Ertz. And, you know, I want you to look at like some upcoming schedules. A couple tight ends have two good matchups in a row. Tyler Conklin's one of them. And the Jets are kind of an interesting storyline. How desperate do you have to be to go to Zach Wilson? But they're facing the Broncos by far the worst defense in football right now. Zach Wilson uh, looked good Monday night. What's that? He looked good Monday night. Yeah, he had a He looked better than game. he had before. <laughs> and yet he still overthrew Garrett Wilson in the end zone, Miss Conklin yeah. in the end zone, right? He also had Tyler Conklin drop a touchdown too, so. Uh, yeah, okay. Throw, yeah. 
Um, but Conklin has two good matchups with Denver and Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is 30th against tight ends. Ertz, I think, you know, if you're struggling at tight end, this guy has eight or more targets in three out of four games. He doesn't have a touchdown yet, but he dropped a touchdown. Oh, in- that, that was the cover. Oh, right. He dropped mm-hmm. the touchdown, and, and that yep. was his first drop of the season. And in week one, he was wide open for a touchdown, and Dobbs missed him. So imagine if he had two touchdowns this year. Zach Ertz would be 75% rostered. Right now, he's 37% rostered. Yep. Um, At least 11 PPR points in two of his past three games. Right. Eight or more in three of his past four. Yeah. 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 Eight is is the new 10 when it comes to PPR points for tight ends. He's just just not, you know, the yardage is just extremely underwhelming. Yeah, right. Which makes him less of a value in half and non-PPR. And another thing just about the Cardinals, Dobbs is playing great right now. He could eventually turn and not be so good, and Kyler Murray will be back, and he'll help boost everybody in that Maybe. passing game, theoretically. Yeah, Dobbs, yeah, I, I did mention this yesterday. I, I think when I went back and watched him, uh, I just watched his deep balls, basically. I'm not sure how great he's playing. He's got the fifth highest off-target rate in the NFL, but mm-hmm. it doesn't – I mean, he's producing – yeah, and he's playing a lot well, better I, than we I, thought. I'll go back to what I said. He's playing great for what the yeah. expectations were. Yeah. When we thought he was going to be an absolute poop show. And I think part of it is, look, they're giving him design runs. You know, he's he's getting opportunities to run the ball. I'm, I know we're talking fantasy production here. But like you said, his, his production oh. is good. But, you you know, you, you, you talk about his 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 deep ball throwing. Um, the, the Zach Ertz throw, and then he had Zach Pascal in the back of the end zone. That sequence were two very catchable throws against a good defense. I know they were probably at that point their foot off the gas, but those two catches, I mean, imagine what a stat line is then. Yeah. Uh, here's the second, here's this, uh, oh no, he has the fourth most rushing yards among quarterbacks. Josh stops. Oh, anyway, um, one other schedule alert I wanted to give you here. If there's a wide receiver that has the best upcoming schedule that's available on your waiver wire, it's Rishi Rice. Now, what does that mean for a guy who's playing half the snaps? I don't know if it means anything, but his next six opponents are against teams that are bottom 10 against wide receivers. It's amazing. Minnesota, Denver, twice. The Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. So this is what Patrick Mahomes is looking at right now. Uh, just terrible pass defenses basically coming up. He's the only Chiefs receiver I want to stash right now. Agreed. How much fab? Actually, wait, let me ask you a question because I just, I know, I think I know what your answer is, but it's relevant. People might be asking, should I drop Zach Moss? For anyone on the waiver wire this week, I would say if you picked up Zach Moss and have not used him, and you are first on waivers, and McLaughlin's there, I would drop Zach Moss for McLaughlin. I would do everything in my power to try and trade him for whatever I could get first. Pair him with somebody else on your bench and get one player back. That'll open a roster spot for you to go get McLaughlin. Uh, the fantasy manager that has Jonathan Taylor might have interest in Moss, and they yeah. shouldn't have to overpay for them. But if he's if he's literally your worst player, maybe it's a small league. Maybe it's eight or ten teams. You could drop him for McLaughlin. The, the only value I think Zach Moss has at this point is if Jonathan Taylor says, you know what, I'm not coming back, mm-hmm. or they trade him. Right. Because even if it's a, even if the, the scenario is he plays this week, he's still got to play Tennessee. You know, so it's not like if he's the starter and they keep Jonathan Taylor in reserve for another week because they're not happy with how he looks or want to give him another week, you know, shake off the rust. Like, they said that they'd rotate him in anyway. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I would be dropping him for McLaughlin. That's the only one though. Yeah, I, I would do everything I can not to drop Zach Moss if possible because right. what if there is a trade that can't rule that out? What if Jonathan Taylor, who's been out for, you know, nearly a year with a lingering yeah. ankle injury, what if he re-injures He hasn't practiced it? since December. Right. So I, I think it's, you know, if, if we call him a handcuff, Zach Moss, if we call him a handcuff, he's got to be considered one of the best ones out there. I mean, we've seen the production. So uh, try not to drop Zach Moss. All right. How much fab are you spending on Jaleel McLaughlin? Out of your original budget, what percentage of your original budget do you think he'd be worth? It depends what your record is, because if you're desperate for a win, you're probably spending as much as you need to to get a guy that could be a starting <laughs> running back for this week. If you're, you know, 500 or better, I would say don't go crazy. Let somebody else overpay for him. So 10 to 15 percent at most. I don't know if you get him at that amount. I was okay. going to say 30 percent. And that's if you're 
either just desperate for running back depth long-term or you're hoping to get a starter for this week. Or if you've been relying on Javante Williams, sorry if you are, uh, you've got to spend up to get McLaughlin. It, this is not, again, for the second time, this is not like Jerome Ford. This is not like Devon Achan. This is not the same type of running back, I don't think, who could salvage your fantasy season. But he's somebody who has some great upside to maybe get there eventually. It just might take a lot longer. Okay. And how much for Michael Wilson? Not that much at all. Yeah, I don't think you're going to need to because I don't think the word is out on on how good he could potentially be. I'm impressed with him. I would spend, I think I could get him at 10%. At most. How much for CJ Stroud if he were available? I think, again, it comes down to what your quarterback situation is. So, you know, if you have been relying on Deshaun Watson and he let you down last week and you didn't get Stroud and now he's on a bye week or you need to replace Justin Herbert, that's the only quarterback you had. It's a 10-team league. Then you're trying to win a week. Um, 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Do you do you consider C.J. Stroud a must-roster player? Yes. Yes, 100%. I think the thing that's – the, the most fab you're probably going to see spent is – the two QB and super flex leagues that are scrambling right now to try and find some replacement options because of buys or injury situations or potential benchings that are coming up. So that's where we see them. Some funny fab spent on, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be probably the most, the most, um, the most fab spent on something like that. Yeah. And don't do it because he's probably got one week. If that they have a buy in week six, And and Pickett might play this week, so I just I don't think it's worth it. You know, like like if you spent a lot of money on Zach Wilson in a super flex league, I don't know how you're feeling about that right now. I know he had a good game against the Chiefs, but he usually has terrible games. Uh, all right, um, all right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll do our top three priorities at each position and talk about shallow league. I think the shallow league guys are pretty interesting. I mean, you might be in a league where Romeo Dobbs is available right now. Uh, as I mentioned, C.J. Stroud. I want to talk about Matthew Stafford. We keep talking about Cooper Cup coming back. Maybe Matthew Stafford is a guy that's going to be almost a must-roster he, quarterback. He is one of the strangest fantasy options I have ever seen in my life. He's <laughs> now gone 17 games going back to 2021 because he's missed time with injury. With Cooper Cup doing what he did, with what Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell have done, in those 17 games, only two over 20 fantasy points. He throws for 300 yards on a weekly basis, and he gets one touchdown and one interception every week. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it is weird. But, yeah, if we could just increase that touchdown rate. All right, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. So let's take a look at some other players at every position now. Who are our top three at each position? Jamie, who are the top three quarterbacks to get for Fantasy Week 5 and, and beyond? All right, get ready to vomit. Um, so it's Sam Howell. He's the best one of the guys who are widely available. Again, if you can get CJ Stroud, get CJ Stroud. Uh, I would go Josh Dobbs second, you know, again, with what he's doing with his legs, with how he's producing just across the board. He's got what three games over 24 fantasy points. I think it is, or two over 24 fantasy points. He's been 
he's been very good uh, of late. And again, the the rushing has mattered. Mm-hmm. I will tell you in a second. It's um, he is twenty four point six fantasy points against the Giants, Cowboys, and 49ers. That's his average over those three games. So not bad at all. Not bad. And clearly better than somebody like Joe Burrow at this point. And then Zach Wilson's third. You know, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned that he played well against the Chiefs. I think it's, you know, I said this a little bit about Justin Fields, and by no means am I making that comparison, but Justin Fields had just gone through Packers in the opener, so they game plan for him. Then two straight games against the Bucks and the Chiefs. Chiefs. And Zach Wilson's first two starts coming off replacing Aaron Rodgers against Buffalo against a great Cowboys defense. And then a Bill Belichick defense, and Belichick has frustrated him every time they've met. So is he maybe turning the corner a little bit? I don't want to necessarily rush to that assessment, but all you heard all offseason was how he looked better and matured and all these things. And then you saw a little bit of that in, in the Chiefs game, especially the, the 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 team rallying around him. And now he gets a great matchup against Denver. So uh, this is going to be a very interesting game, especially with, I, I would assume, Nathaniel Hackett wanting to stick it to Sean Payton as best he can. Might be a start of the week in that game. Um, uh, so those are the three. Those those would be the three. Okay. So yeah, I mean, look, we got Washington. We got the two the two juicy matchups right now look like Denver and Chicago. Uh, we've got Washington facing Chicago. Not look like they are. <laughs> I was just thinking if there were any others that I'm missing. Yeah. Those um, are the two. Washington facing Chicago on Thursday, and the Jets facing the Broncos on Sunday. Uh, would you start Sam Howell or Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence facing the Bills? No. No, I'm not there yet. But I would start both of them over Joe Burrow at this point. Okay. Um, okay. Yep. That works. And then if you just want somebody for this week, let's say you have a quarterback on a bye. Who's the, is Howell the highest ranking? Howell. You mentioned Howell, Dobbs, and Wilson. Howell's yeah, I have Howell and Dobbs back-to-back. Uh you know, for what for what it's worth, you know, Howell had the the one miserable, miserable, miserable game against Buffalo with the four interceptions and the nine sacks. Mm-hmm. And then give him credit and give the enemy credit and give this team credit. They bounced back in a major way against a tough defense as well. And Philadelphia took him to overtime. And Howell looked very competent in that game. And so uh, they made some adjustments, and it was it was good to see. So I think just looking at this Bears defense and and how they've made a lot of quarterbacks look, he's he's the he's the one you should look at first. But again, what you know, we talk about these two quarterbacks in super flex leagues. I know we play in very competitive ones where not a lot of quarterbacks are available. He's 10% rostered for a reason, Dobbs. So if he's available in two QB and super flex leagues because you're in an 18 league or a 10 team league, and you know, we know some of those shallow leagues that like to play super flex or two QB leagues to get those quarterbacks in the mix, like he should be one, not 100% rostered, but certainly closer to 50%, like Howell's going to be. Okay. All right, Dave, who are the top three running backs to get this week? Jaleel McLaughlin, number one. We've talked enough about him to know that he's that top guy. Uh, I don't really like anybody else that's out there. Uh, maybe Justice Hill, maybe Tank Biggs. These are guys to like stash. I don't know if there's anybody who could peel off the waiver wire and you'd start. Maybe in a pinch, it's Jarek McKinnon, who you would do that with as a potential starter. But I am i don't feel good about any of these guys. Justice Hill or Jarek McKinnon as uh, the next two. Candle to candle to McLaughlin. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard should 100% be rostered at this point with Miles Sanders missing practice on Friday, dealing with the groin injury, playing less than Hubbard did in a competitive game against Minnesota. And so if this is a problem for him, remember, he had a groin injury in, in training camp. So if this is something that that lingers, you could be looking at a starting running back there. Obviously, he's not great. But if you go back to last year when he had work, I had the stats from Friday, I don't remember. But when he had work last season, he was pretty productive. Mm-hmm. And so if he's going to miss any time in terms of Miles Sanders, then you should absolutely be picking up Chubaba. Now there are some other stash running backs. They're just not top three. You want them now or later? Yeah, go for it. Keaton Mitchell in Baltimore, especially if you've got an IR spot, even though he might come off the IR list this week, but fast young running back. We've seen a lot of them break out. He could be the next one with the Ravens. I don't really think the Ravens have a great running back actively on the roster right now. So Mitchell could jump them all. Ronnie Rivers in LA is the other one. We saw him start to get more playing time and take work away from Kyron Williams. And I I think there's something there just in case something happens to Kyron Williams where Ronnie could actually end up being a decent back for the Rams. All right, Jamie, who are the top three wide receivers to get? 
I think the top two are relatively obvious for this week. And again, they're not must-start players yet, but they're certainly guys you want to have on your roster. That's Michael Wilson and Jamison Williams. You know, Wilson, again, coming off the strong game against San Francisco with an offense that has been surprising to start the season. And then in terms of Jamison Williams, you know, you hope that at some point it's going to click and he's going to be that guy that was the the superstar we saw at Alabama before the ACL tear, the hamstring injury, the gambling situation. You know, it's been a very tumultuous start to his career. But now there's an opportunity, and he got, and we got a gift. He got a gift. The Lions got a gift that the suspension was reduced from six games to four. So you get an opportunity to see him a little bit. So they're going to, you know, take some time to ease him in, um, as Dan Campbell said. But again, the upside is is clearly very, very relevant and evident if he starts to, you know, get some opportunities and a lot of targets from Jared Goff. The third one I was a little torn on. You know, I, the T. Higgins injury is is intriguing because. Uh, Tyler Boyd's going to get much more opportunity. And I was surprised that he has uh, 24 targets in his last three games. That just I speaks to I think what Joe Burrow is doing and you know a lot of short area throws and not exactly a lot of success there. But if Burrow can get healthy and this injury does become a problem for Higgins, he's dealing with a fractured rib. He says he's going to play through it. But Boyd has got an opportunity to still be uh, on a pass happy offense that hopefully will start to get things going. And I think he's worth at least picking up to see what develops. Okay. Um, if you want to take more of a long-term approach, there are a lot of other guys. Rashi Rice is someone that we talked about. And Wondell Robinson. Wondell I know Robinson. the Giants look awful right now, but he, you know, last week you, you talked about this, you know, 11 snaps, five targets led, you know, led the team in uh, receiving yards last night, oh. tied for the lead in receptions with Matt Breida and led the team in targets. I thought Breida led the team in receiving yards. I, I know they both had five catches. I thought Robinson might have had more. I'll tell you right I now. I mean, it's... Robinson has a four-yard. Oh, I'm sorry, it's 48 to 40 in favor of Breida. Yeah, go Matt Breida. Actually, Matt Breida honestly kind of came through. I mean, we gave you, I think, double-digit PPR points each of the two games if you started him. So, congratulations. Uh, hopefully, Barkley back in week in week five against the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, Giants are going to be fine. They have the Dolphins and the Bills the next two weeks. Uh, two <laughs> questions, real quick. Would you drop Samaj P. Ryan for Jaleel McLaughlin, and would you drop Josh Reynolds for Jamison Williams? Reynolds, yes. And yeah, I, I would drop P. Ryan for McLaughlin, too. There's just more upside with McLaughlin. What happened, something interesting happened in their game last week. In the fourth quarter, like after the early part of the fourth quarter, McLaughlin didn't play. They went with P. Ryan to, to finish up the game. And that might have been a hurry-up offense type thing. And that's that that's just an area where P. Ryan probably has an edge over both Javante and Jaleel. So he's he's got a role, and he played more of the high-value touches anyway in the game. But he just doesn't get a lot with them. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about tight ends, Dave. Who are the best tight ends? The top three tight ends. If uh, if Ferguson's out there, thirty seven percent available, so a little bit more than a third of CBS leagues, he's giving you at least nine point eight PPR in each of his past three. He would be number one. Uh, I will lean toward Cole Komet next. Forty two percent available. Had the monster game against Denver in weeks one and two. He was below ten, but ahead of seven PPR points. So there's something there for Cole Komet. I'm not saying that he's going to be great, um, but he, he's startable. I think that's just the best way to put it. And then Jamie mentioned Zach Ertz, 63% available. He might be the only tight end of these three that could be on your waiver wire. He's more of a PPR monster. And then the last name I'll give you, available in 99% of leagues, Jonu Smith, at least 8.7 PPR points in each of his past three, had 15.5 last week. He's looked better than Kyle Pitts so far this season. Okay. So to recap. Which isn't hard to do, but, I mean, he has. Uh, to recap, quarterback would be C.J. Stroud, if available, Sam Howell, Josh Dobbs, and Zach Wilson. Running back, Jaleel McLaughlin. Jamie likes Chuba Hubbard. Justice Hill. Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Michael Wilson, Jamison Williams, Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. If you want to take a more long-term approach, you could look at Wandale Robinson or Rishi Rice, and there are others that we'll get to later. Jake Ferguson, Cole Komet at tight end. And sorry, who, who was your third? It wasn't John who was your third. Who was your third? Ertz. Zach Ertz, right. Um, DSTs, Jamie. Who are the Giants playing? That's the first question <laughs> you should always ask. But uh, actually, I like the Lions better, <laughs> okay. but the Dolphins are certainly in the mix for sure. I, think that the, I, I hope the Giants will get Saquon Barkley back, which will help. Um, stem some of the woes that we're dealing with. But the Lions, the Dolphins, the Commanders, and the Texans would be the four I would look at. Uh, the Texas defense, man, they're playing great. Uh, and I know part of that is the Steelers' offense falling apart last week, but um, pass rush starting to get a little bit better, and I think we'll we'll start to maybe look at them as a reliable option at some point. But uh, Commanders get the Bears. You know, Justin Fields could, could clearly turn back into a pumpkin. Dolphins get the Giants, and the Lions get the uh, Panthers. 
Yeah. Okay. So Detroit against Carolina. I'm just going to repeat. I know Jamie said it. Detroit against the Panthers, Miami against the Giants, Washington Thursday against the Bears, and Houston is at Atlanta this week. In a pretty interesting game. I think it's like a one-point spread. Uh, kickers, Jamie, who are we picking up? Uh, the kickers would be Riley Patterson. Go back to him against Carolina at home. Nick Folk uh, against the Colts. Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn against the Falcons. And then Brett Maher against the Eagles. Okay. Dave, uh, this is your assignment to find some IDPs before the end of the show. Deal? I'm already on it. Oh. Your boy, Nick Morrow, at the top of the list. Okay. My boy? He, why is he my boy? I thought you mentioned him as someone to pick up. Sure. Do you like the Eagles middle linebacker situation? You've been talking about Oh, that yeah. I mean, I didn't know if it was Cunningham He was or bad Morrow. in the first game without N'Kobe Dean, but he did. He right, he picked up tackles game? last week. Okay. Yeah, good. That's good. That's always good. Way to go, Adam. You're the best. Thank you. Uh, you know, the the really, I think, interesting waiver wire decisions this week, to me, they come in the in the shallower leagues <clears throat> where Stroud is available and Dobbs might be available. And who are some of the other guys that I'm missing? I mean, there's some pretty big names. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, Jamie, uh, Josh Palmer might be available. Take it away, Jamie. Who, who are the shallow league guys that we need to be looking at? Yeah, let me get back to the running backs. So I have P. Ryan on the list just because, again, who knows how this game unfolds and if there is a long-term absence for uh, for Javante. But in terms of the ones that you actually care about, uh, Khalil Herbert clearly coming off that big game. He's mm, yeah. definitely somebody that should be rostered for 79%. Um, I would still carry Zach Charbonnet or pick him up if somebody drops him on his bye week because – Prior to last night, I don't know what the playing time was, but he was starting to increase his snap share. And so clearly lottery ticket. Uh, a lot of people are going to drop Elijah Mitchell. I would still pick him up because I think he's still the number two running back there in San Francisco. Um, Ty J Spears, I know it was a great game for Derrick Henry, but if something happens to his toe or he gets hurt, then that's the next man up there. Uh, the wide receivers, you mentioned two of them, and Romeo Dobbs and Josh Palmer, who I would look to carry through his bye or, again, pick him up if somebody drops him. Uh, Deshaun, Jahan Dotson showed some life, uh, team high in targets or, or season high in targets for him, scored a touchdown. Hopefully things start to click for him. A lot of people dropping him, understandably so based on the struggles so far this season. And then at tight end, um, Tyler Higby is coming off back to back strong games. I know he's got the thumb injury, but at least 11 PPR points in each of his last two, uh, Hunter Henry, I know he did not catch a touchdown, but he had an end zone target against the Cowboys. As bad as that team looked, he was one of the lone bright spots. And I still think he's going to have some relevancy moving forward. And then I know Dolan Kincaid has yet to have a good game. Uh, it's been a little frustrating, and I think a lot of people are going to drop him. But he was second on the team in targets and receptions against the Dolphins behind Stephon Diggs. They're having uh, some receiver issues with Washington, Parker Washington, and uh, Khalil Shakir getting banged up in the game against Miami. And so while Gabe Davis is definitely the number two fantasy option. Kincaid, his playing time continues to be there. And at some point, there's going to be a big game coming. So I would, if you can carry two tight ends, I would not be afraid to roster Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, Kincaid had five targets in week four, but Josh Allen only threw 25 passes. So that wasn't really such a bad number if you put it in that perspective. And and I I know I sent this to you guys uh, the morning of. So uh, Tom Spencer, who's uh, in, he's the, the research guy for Jim Nance and Tony Romo. He's on our show every Sunday. He said that the Bills were definitely talking up Dalton Kincaid as not just an option against the Dolphins, but an option that they're going to start to focus on more long term. So I like when I hear stuff like that. So if you were writing a waiver wire just based on the shallow league play, well, no, not just based on that. But if you were writing your waiver wire column and it included players who were rostered in you know 70 to 80 percent of CBS sports leagues, who would be the headliners? Who would be ahead of Jaleel McLaughlin and Michael Wilson and anyone else? Romeo Dobbs, Khalil Herbert, C.J. Stroud, Tyler Higbee. Um, those would be the ones that you can definitely start this week. Dave, any thoughts? I don't know if I'd put Higby on that list just because I don't love the upside. And but Cup's the other com- guys, Cup's sure. coming back well, I mean, soon. his last two weeks are basically exactly what Zach Kirkus has done with more yardage. But you've got the but you've got the uh, the cup factor too, right? I mean, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Higby's going to do anything when Cup comes back because Puka, I think, is just too good. But we'll see. Uh, maybe it's not like it's not like Higby's never had Cup on the field before, and he's been productive somewhat. Uh, Dave, any deep league guys you want to mention? 
Well, we talked about Keaton Mitchell and Ronnie Rivers at mm-hmm. running back. I think not only Zach Wilson, but Ryan Tannehill. I like his matchup against Indy this week if you're really desperate, but neither of those guys are as good as Dobbs, and all three of them are available in at least 85% of leagues. Wide receiver. Uh, we mentioned Rasheed Rice. I liked what I saw from Josh Downs in Indianapolis. He's a fast slot guy. They use him in motion. Uh, he had a great seam catch from Anthony Richardson. I don't know if you want to trust a second pass catcher in Indianapolis's offense with Anthony Richardson under center and Jonathan Taylor coming back. But I, I liked what I saw from Josh Downs and maybe as a stash in deeper leagues. He's out there in 84% of leagues. Those guys are okay. Uh, Jamie mentioned Wandell Robinson last week. He had another high catch game this week. He's available in 87% of leagues. We haven't talked about Michael Gallup yet, and he's available in 85% of leagues. He's had at least 11 PPR points in each of his past two games. If you need help now, I think he's somebody that could be maybe like a one or two week fix for you at wide receiver. Yeah, why? Why? And then Johnu at tight end. Johnu, 99% available. Okay. Well, what, would you go with Johnu over Conklin this week? Yes. Okay. Definitely. There, there's, there are three tight ends in in rotation for the Jets that Zach Wilson's leaned on. Okay. One All of right. them caught a touchdown. Do you know who that was? Um. No. You saw oh. <laughs> All right. When we come back, the moment we've all been waiting for, we'll talk about the Giants Seahawks game, and we got some more news and notes for you, and another look in the dropometer, and another look at the waiver wire. Some names that we have not mentioned. Okay, we'll be right back on fantasy football today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So we've covered most of it, but there are some names that we haven't gotten into. So let's uh, get to that in a moment. But first, some news and notes. Kyler Murray's still a few weeks away from playing. Juwan Johnson left with a calf injury. Miami left tackle Teron Armstead could have an extended absence. He's been ruled out for week five. And we'll see. It probably won't mean much in week five against the Giants, but we'll see what it means going forward for them. So they have the Eagles coming up in a bit. They've got the Chiefs in five weeks. Uh, let's hope Armstead gets back. I think I saw that Mike McDaniel said he thinks that Armstead will play this year. Uh, he said weeks, not days. Weeks, not days. Pittsburgh left tackle Dan Moore left in the first half. The Giants had two more offensive linemen leave with injuries, and they gave up 11 sacks yesterday. Uh, Carolina cornerback Dante Jackson left in the first half. They are so beat up on defense, they couldn't afford that injury. Baltimore had another defensive back, Daryl Worley, leave. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, Philadelphia right guard Cam Jurgens is going to miss some time. Morgan Moses, the right tackle for the Ravens. We know they've had a beat-up offensive line. He left with an injury. Houston offensive lineman Kendrick Green left with an injury. They can get one of their guys back. Is it Titus Howard? Titus Howard is eligible. I don't know if they've made any mention about taking him off. And then Tunsil has been practicing. Yeah, It's amazing how much it hasn't mattered. I know. (laughs) Just imagine what it might be like when they do play. Well, I think it's going to help Pierce more so than it's going to help Stratton. I hope so. No, yeah. no sacks through the last two games, especially against Pittsburgh. Like, that's impressive. And I'll tell you, I, I brought this up on this show yesterday and beyond the box scores. Like, I looked at the Texans, and I was really surprised 
that they were second in the NFL in yak per catch. And well, you know, their offense coordinator. Exactly. That's exactly what, what Schneier said. And who's number one? San Fran. No. Yeah. The Dolphins. Oh, oh yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so it's that San Francisco tree. And I love what they're doing on offense right now. They're really balanced. I mean, they're not getting a ton. Pierce actually looked pretty good, I think, but in week four, but they're just like, they have a great rhythm. It's just, He's, he, he might nice be the best by low candidate you can find. Who Pierce? Yeah. He's yeah. a great one. Um, we mentioned him before. I know I think we mentioned we, him after week one or week two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but two big injuries for the Patriots on defense: Christian Gonzalez, rookie cornerback, who's been shadowing top receivers, and Matthew Judon, their best pass rusher. They could have multi-week absences. Also, Jamar Chase said he's quote always bleeping open. And, well, he didn't say bleeping. <laughs> and Mike Tomlin said changes are coming. And did you mention the Bills injuries? Tredavious White tore his Achilles. I mean, I mentioned it a lot yesterday, so I was going to skip yeah. it, but you're right. Uh, right. And Poyer didn't play in the game. And then there was another one. Benford, Christian their Benford. other corner, got hurt. He came back, apparently, and he's, I'll call him questionable, I think, based on what Sean McDermott said. Benford they questionable might get this week. Mike, yep. Yeah. Von Miller's they, need, they need to rush the quarterback for sure if their secondary is thin. All right, Seattle 24 and the Giants 3, and it was a weird game for Seattle. They had the ball for about 24 minutes. You know, they had a pick six. They got a short field with that fumble. Um, Geno Smith left for a drive at the end of the first half. So he only threw for 110 yards on 20 attempts, but you still got a touchdown from Metcalf, a big game from Walker. Any any Seattle takeaways, Dave, uh, other than the takeaways they had in the game? I don't know if their defense is nearly as good as they made them look, but they've been good against the run pretty much all year yeah. long. So this could be another difficult matchup for running backs moving forward. They've got the bye this week. That gives them another week to get healthier and get fresh when they take on Cincinnati in week number six, Arizona after that. So it's it's not like uh, – th- there could be some questions about Mixon and Connor going up against Seattle, sure. Uh, we're still waiting for Tyler Lockett to have some big games. And he's kind of a buy low candidate. I think if you can acquire him and make him your wide receiver three, I think you'd be doing well there. I, I don't want to let go of JSN. I agree with Jamie. Like if, if you can hold on to him through the buy, please do. If he's your worst player, you can drop him. There are a lot of other wide receivers that we've already talked about, those deep league stash guys that you could replace him with if you drop him and don't get him back. But he still has the profile of somebody who could absolutely break out in the second half of the year. All right, Tyler Lockett now. Update the stat, 68 or fewer yards in 15 of his last 16 games, including the postseason. I'm not sure when that becomes alarming. I mean, I don't think he was bad yesterday. They just barely threw. He had the toughest matchup with a Dory Jackson, and he looked fine from what I saw, but it just mm-hmm. it's just not a lot of yards. And by the way, it's three kind of stinkers for Geno Smith out of four games this year. Should we hold him through the bye? I would, but I understand if, you know, CJ Stroud's available, that's an easy drop. And then, you know, you're looking at, do you need a quarterback for this week? And he's the number two guy on your bench and Joe Burrow's the number one guy on your bench. Then yes, I would be dropping Geno Smith. Right. I I think he's a drop in one QB leagues just because you know, you can find somebody else and, and someone like him. And what's the rush to go and pick him up off the waiver wire if he's going into his bye week Yeah, for others in the league? On the Giants side, do you have any hope for Daniel Jones or Darren Waller going forward? Um, Waller still, yes, just because of the position that he plays. Daniel Jones is getting very close to 100% droppable. I mean, you know, it, how do you run for 60 yards and get six fantasy points, eight fantasy points? Eight, like that? Give him a break. 8.7. Come on now. Sorry, 8.7. <laughs> um, it's it's ugly. It it's really ugly. And I Yeah, yeah. Look, I, 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 I still think that there's some big games to come, but three or four have been awful and the offensive line's awful. And it seems like teams have figured out Brian Dable's offense a little bit. And did you see what Witherspoon said after the game? No. He said we know he's a quarterback that locks in on his first read. So when we had Oof. guys when we had guys locked up, it was just easy to tee off and go get him. Oh, you know, so man. It's uh, it's ugly when teams are noticing that those tendencies, and it's it's pretty evident. Go ahead, let's see yeah. that graphic again, Schaefer. Uh, it's an interesting graphic. He's the worst primetime quarterback in world history. <laughs> I, I mean, look at these stats. If you didn't see it, he's one in twelve, 
and he has the worst record in prime time among starting quarterbacks since the merger in 1970 with a minimum of 10 starts. His passer rating is 70.5. I mean, 22 turnovers in 13 games in prime time. It's horrible. Yuck. Well, remember, they're not taking on the worst teams in the league in prime time, so he's taking on well, some tougher competition. They can't take on themselves, Dave. Yeah, sure, that's true. <laughs> I think your only hope, I think your only hope for Daniel Jones or Darren Waller is that the offensive line heals up, Saquon Barkley comes back, and this offense starts to resemble what it did last year. But one of the things that I, I couldn't stand this, uh, watching it happen in real time, one of the things I was very worried about with Waller was that they spread the ball around too much. They did it last year, and they did it in this game too. He had three targets. There were one, two, three other Giants that had more targets. Wandale at six. I, I This was a fear of mine. It would make so much sense for them to say, all right, we've got Waller. He's a difference maker tight end. Let's lean on him a little bit more. Let's let Daniel Jones have a little bit more time in the pocket. The protection gets better. We'll have a run game that can work. Those things make sense, and it, it almost makes me want to say that Waller is a is a solid buy low. I just I, I I'm afraid it's still going to cost you something decent to get him because people that have Waller aren't going to be ready to let him go unless they've got another tight end that they either drafted or found off waivers that they are for sure starting moving forward ahead of Darren Waller. Let's go to the dropo meter, uh, zero to ten. Ten is an automatic easy drop. Zero, don't even think about it. Jerome Ford. Zero. Zero. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. Kyle Pitts. Two. Uh, four. Pitts or Waller rest of season? Waller. It's Waller. Kareem I'm not even sure if changing quarterbacks and going to Heineke would be good for Pitts. Kareem Hunt. Ten. Seventeen. Tutu Atwell. Zero for now. Zero point five. Dalton Kincaid. Negative four. Two uh, at most. Quentin Johnston. Zero. Uh, six. Dak Prescott. Five in a one QB league. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll finish up with another look at the waiver wire here and anything that we missed. We talked about CJ Stroud looking at quarterbacks here. Sam Howell, Josh Dobbs, Zach Wilson. Um, Trubisky, if you know you're desperate, no quarterback has thrown, no quarterback has scored more than 18 points against the Ravens yet, despite three quarterbacks throwing 40 or more passes. I don't know how they're doing it, but good job, Ravens. Um, Taylor Heineke and Bailey Zappi are two guys that Jamie put here just in case they get the job. I would say, who have they played? They've played who the Ravens, yeah, Stroud, Burrow Gardner. on one leg, Minshew, and DTR. Yeah. Well, okay. It's still, I think it's still pretty impressive considering how Now here are. comes Mitchell Trubisky. Exactly. Ready to carve up the Ravens. Without Deontay Johnson or Pat Firmuth. Watch it. This is a 40-point Trubisky game. Right? Yeah? Who's with me? Nobody? No, I don't think so. Uh, no. uh, so Stafford is, I'm I guess. Sorry, I meant 14. 14 points. <laughs> Stafford, I don't even know about that. Stafford is the other guy I wanted to talk about. He's 62% rostered, and let's see, he's thrown for 300 yards in three or four games, and they get the Eagles, who are 30th against quarterbacks, then they get the Cardinals, and then they get the 14... Uh, no, nope, the Steelers, Steelers. The Steelers, which is a good matchup. They can't cover anyone. Um, it, you know, I don't know. Do you think Stafford is like a top 15 quarterback when Cup is back? No. Really? Just short of that. Okay. <clears throat> All right, then we'll go to running backs here. And Khalil Herbert would be a headliner. Charbonnet, Elijah Mitchell, Tajay Spears. The Broncos guys you can obviously look at here. Jaleel McLaughlin, though, we like better than Samaje Pirine. And then Hubbard, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Jamie made the case for Hubbard earlier, you know, basically splitting evenly with Miles Sanders but playing more than him. Sanders with this groin injury that he also had in, in training camp. So, Dave... Uh, how do you feel about Chuba Hubbard, who's 52% rostered? I mean, I'd be surprised if he ended up being their feature back. And <clears throat> it, it would probably only happen if Sanders were to miss time. What could happen is like what we saw last week where Hubbard played 54% of the snaps. He's been dominating third and fourth downs anyway. But Sanders still played the majority of the snaps inside the 10. 
this is not a good offense at all. Bryce Young has not taken any kind of step forward. Maybe he does in the final third of the season. I don't know if there's really a running back that you want to have on this offense where you'll feel good about starting them week in and week out. Sanders looks like a bust. Hubbard's going to take work away from him. If Sanders were to be completely out, Hubbard would be the lead guy, but I'm sure that Blackshear will get in there with him or somebody else. And uh, I just, I deep leagues, yes, you can you can make a run for Hubbard, but otherwise, I don't think he's going to be that great. He had five games last year with at least ten total touches, and he scored twelve and a half PPR points in three of them. That's the type of guy you're getting, but that's a flex. And so, right now, Sanders is averaging at least going into last week was was averaging just over eleven PPR points per game. So Hubbard probably figured that much if he gets the full time job because of a Sanders injury. So again, flex at best, but what we're looking at with the running backs this week, is not exactly pretty. So you're looking for a guy that might get opportunity and volume. And that's why he should be second. Sanders is down to 10.7 full PPR points per game. He has one game out of four with more than 12 PPR points. How do you think the Panthers are feeling right now watching Richardson and Stroud? Oh yeah. They're thought about that. And and they don't have a first round pick in a draft with some great offensive players. It's early, it's early, but yeah, it's not a good start for Bryce Young. Uh, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell for the Ravens, Ronnie Rivers for the Rams, Deuce Vaughn because Rico Daddle was injured. So uh, Deuce Vaughn. I, be, I think uh, Rico's going to be okay. All right. Then it Rico sounds Dattle. like it's minor, but it's an injury that kept him out for a portion of the season last year. So just something to keep an eye on. And on the Rams running backs, Rivers played 27% of the snaps. Almost zero of them were on third down. Definitely zero of them inside the 10. He's a handcuff. Latavius Murray might be a handcuff, although he's, I feel like he's pretty even with Damian Harris. They get about the same carries. I think he's ahead year. of Harris. He's played more snaps than Harris in every game this season so far, so just keep that in mind. But yeah, there's there's a reason why he's last on this list. He played 40% of the snaps with Josh Allen and 7 of 8 on 3rd and 4th downs against Miami. Okay. So he's 40% of the down. snaps with Josh Allen against Miami. Just One name I got to bring up. You know, I don't understand. Look, he's not unrostered or anything. But Tank Bigsby is 60% rostered. I mean, I would rather have him than than Charbonnet if you told me that Walker and ETN were both healthy because at least Bigsby could score a goal line touchdown, whereas Charbonnet does not have it. Ken Walker keeps doing right. that. But Yeah, Charbonnet I, doesn't have that role. I see Travis ETN, who's kind of a slender running back, barreling into the middle of the line 17 times a week, and I don't even want to say it because I have so much Travis ETN, but I feel like... No, don't say it. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Tank Bigsby is 60% rostered. I think, you know, if you have ETN, as an ETN manager, if I have time this week, I will try to make some low ball offers for Bigsby. It would make it would help me sleep at night. And then you think Ezekiel Elliott is more of a drop or a stash, given how bad Ramondre Stevenson is has been? I, I, I could not drop Ezekiel Elliott fast enough. Okay. <laughs> you uh, probably don't have to because he's not on any of your roster. No, no. I think he's on one of mine. <laughs> You tried to change that before the game started (laughs) on the block. (laughs) I did, yes. Uh, Wide receivers. All right, we got Romeo Dobbs. Jahan Dotson is 80% rostered against the Bears this week. And Josh Palmer, who we think you should hold, right? Hold through the bye? If you can, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I mean, look. I mean, you just spent all this fab form or your waiver claim form. Now you're going to drop him? He had eight targets on 24 pass attempts. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to have a thirty-three percent target share, but I think that's a really encouraging first game after injury. Uh, you know, after Williams' injury, he, he struggled a little bit. You know, he should have had a better day in terms of the targets that he got, and he got saved a big catch at the end. You know, yeah. when they when they threw late. But uh, you're right. There's there's just a lot to like about the situation right now. All right. So then there's Michael Wilson, and there's Jamison Williams, and there's Tyler Boyd, who would look a lot better if Burrow looked better. Oh, 100%. And then we haven't talked about Marvin Mims, but we have Wandale Robinson, Marvin Mims, Rasheed Rice. How do you guys rank that? That's how Jamie has it in the waiver wire column. Wandale, Mims, Rice. Uh, Dave, how about you? I'll take Mims at the top just because I think he could continue to build on what he's been doing and, and be a bigger factor in an offense that's throwing the ball downfield a lot. Russ is continuing to do that. Wandale would be next if it's PPR. Otherwise, it's Rice who would be behind him. Also, Traylon Burks is 62% available. And There's we know a that reason he's for that. He should be rostered in less leagues. 
You don't think he's a stash? No, he's banged up and he plays in an offense that stinks. I'm not I think feeling he's a stash. It. I, 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 you don't have to stash him if you don't think you need to. Uh, if you don't think you need to, if everybody else in your league is going to pass on Burks, but I think he's got potential. I don't mind stashing him if I got the roster spot. It's clear that Hopkins. I think the only thing that saves him is if DeAndre Hopkins is hurt. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's clear that Hopkins isn't healthy. His snap right. counts. Like, are I, low I'm not sure and, if that's the case either. Yeah, he's not playing like as much as he usually does. <laughs> I read some article uh, from a Tennessee writer just praising DeAndre Hopkins for how great he's been this year. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I saw some, I don't know if you saw it. It was the same thing, but just about how he made, like, I think on the final drive or the some, some drive that they had, it was like a lot of third down receptions. Yeah, I think that's what it was. He's come up with like some big grabs for them. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. Maybe, maybe he can, can get healthy. Hopkins can be really good, but he's just not playing enough right now. Uh, you have Darnell Mooney, Michael Gallup, Curtis Samuel on here, and Terrace Marshall. Darnell Mooney, Michael Gallup, Samuel, and Marshall. Jamie, what do you think about them? Yeah, Gallup should be ahead of Mooney um, in terms of what he's done the last two weeks, and Brandon Cook's just not looking anything close to what he's been. So, you know, hopefully Gallup just continues to build on this. And this is going to be an interesting stretch for Dallas as they start to play some, you know, more competitive games, certainly this week against the 49ers. But um, for, for Mooney, look, you know, he had the two-game stretch where he was, you know, dealing with a knee injury and then outplayed by Chase Claypool. Claypool's no longer going to be part of the Bears roster, it doesn't seem. So as Justin Fields hopefully continues to improve, maybe Mooney has some opportunities to help you in deeper leagues. Uh, Marshall's interesting just based on what he's done the last two weeks, but part of that is with Mingo dealing with a concussion. But um, targets really spiked the last two games. One game with Andy Dalton last week was he le- actually led the team in targets ahead of Adam Thielen. So just something to keep an eye on there as they're trying to, I think, find some answers with their offense, but more, much more of a deep league play at all. You know, I wouldn't be looking at him in anything close to a normal 12-team league. This is me just putting two and two together. If the Bears are moving on from Claypool, does that make Komet a more appealing target for Justin Fields because he doesn't have a lot of big-bodied dudes to throw to, and Komet qualifies? It, it's funny for us to say, like, Chase Claypool leaving is going to help. I know, but he's he was playing a lot. But he was getting opportunities, yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think it actually helps Komet. It actually makes me a little bit more interested in Komet than I first was. Uh, what about Josh Reynolds? He's 51% rostered, led the team in receiving with 69 yards on six targets at Green Bay. Is he a drop, a hold, or an add, Josh Reynolds? I would say he's a hold for now because of what Dan Campbell said, that they're going, there's going to be a role for Jamison Williams. So you can't plan on Jamison Williams, I think, having any sort of impact, maybe not for a couple of weeks, you know, just until they get him up to speed and see what he looks like. But um, yeah, I think Reynolds is a hold. Um, I don't want to run away from him completely because the last two weeks have been bad. And this is a should be a good game for him. J- Jared Goff at home. He's been great at home. And Reynolds had a huge game, two home games ago, I believe it was, or, or the last home game. Um, so no, yeah, I think it was Seattle two. Game. I think it was two ago. And and he had zero catches in the next one, maybe? Right. It was a Seattle game. He had the two touchdowns. And then week three, he was a disappearing act. And then week four bounced back a little bit. But yeah. I mean, there's just going to be, you know, different target disbursement. And he's the one that feels like he's going to suffer. I don't think Laporta suffers. I don't think Amara St. Brown suffers. So it's probably going to be Josh Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. Or honestly, it could be Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams had one catch in six games last year. Uh, but but that's so hard to judge him coming back from the ACL. Yeah, no, I get. I mean, look, he, I like Josh Reynolds. I can't, I can't like him. I, I got to take a shot on Jamison Williams here. But I maybe at least this week you you could use Josh Reynolds if you need it with four teams on by. Um, all right, tight ends, not not terrible, I guess. But let's say Hunter Henry were out there, and Ferguson, Komet, and Ertz are out there too. Who do you prioritize? Ferguson first. Yep. I think I'm ready to go with Komet second. And if it's non-PPR, I'll take Henry. If it's full PPR, I'll take Ertz. Uh, I would go Ferguson is the easy choice, then Henry, then Komet, and then Ertz. Would you drop Kincaid for Ferguson? If you need a tight end, you have to. Especially if it's full PPR. Yeah, again, I, Kincaid right now is more of a, I can carry two tight ends. I'm going to continue to to stash him. If somebody drops him, right. I pick him up. He's a blue you know, chip. More, more of a deep league thing. And, and if your tight end situation sucks, like if, it, w- it would be smart of you if you have Henry or Ferguson or Komet or one of these guys that's just not been consistent to keep uh, a Kincaid. Or if you're just 
you know, have the roster spot and, and Waller continues to struggle and Goddard continues to struggle and Kittle continues to struggle, like just, just to see what Kincaid can become. Okay. Uh, Logan Thomas, Janu Smith, and Tyler Conklin are some deeper league options for you there. And uh, what about Luke Musgrave? I know he's in the concussion protocol, but he's a guy we were excited about going into week four. Now, you know, they're a little healthier in the passing game, but they got less Vegas this week. Any interest in Musgrave at 60% rostered? It's, an, it's he- an interesting situation because as uh, Adam Schefter tweeted over the weekend, every player that suffered a concussion missed the following week. So if is a concussion on Thursday, and their game's Monday, right? Is it Monday night or Sunday night? It oh, I'm is not sure. Sunday night. It is Monday night. So there's as much time as you <laughs> as you need to get healthy. Um, does he does he clear the protocol in time? Because he doesn't clear the protocol, I'm not going to pick him up. Right, but do you even like him with Watson and Jones back? And hopefully, isn't he in the same bucket as Dalton Kincaid? Yeah, I then yeah. you'd love to but, carry in case he has the Laporta style breakout. I just don't know I, if he's going to get it the way that Dobbs has been playing. What we know about Watson and Aaron Jones is going to come on for the pack. Jaden Reed is making plays too. So yeah, there you go. He might be fifth on that team in target. It's, it's tough to trust. So I, I would. That's why I didn't even mention him. You know, with the potential of him not playing this week, plus all these guys back. We just put him in the Musgrave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, DSTs. This is very good for Halloween month. Uh, oh, next Friday is Friday the 13th, I think. Like I'm going to be very spooky that day. So just letting you know. Lions, Dolphins, Commanders, Texans. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, kickers, Riley Patterson, Nick Folk, Kaimi Fairbairn, and Brett Maher. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thank you very much for watching and listening, everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Most important part of the show. IDP. David Long for the Dolphins has been a tackle machine over the last three weeks. Ten tackles against Buffalo. Keep him going. Uh, if you need a defensive lineman, Deo Odeingbo has taken over. He's taken over for Quiddy Pay in Indianapolis while Quiddy Pay is sidelined. If that continues, he's someone that you can use for one week. The only other defensive lineman that's even decent that might be on your waiver wire is John Jenkins, Adams boy, Nicholas Morrow at linebacker. A couple of defensive backs, Miles Bryant for the Patriots. Rudy Ford of the Packers has been good. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of Jerry Jacobs, but he's been getting decent production as far as tackles go. And then he had the two interceptions against Green Bay. So he's another guy, but you might sour on him pretty quickly. I think you also got to check, if you don't play on our site, the players that are DL eligible, defensive line eligible, that we only list as linebackers, even though they're edge rushers. Andrew Van Ginkle, I believe he gets a good matchup this week against, what's that offensive line? <laughs> oh, the Giants. He'll go up against um, Evan Neal. He's coming off a, a two-sack game. I think he's got multiple sacks. Does he left. play when Jalen Phillips is healthy? I don't even know, but. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. He had two sacks. <clears throat> yeah, that's going to be fun. Thank you for watching. Why don't you fly and down listening. and come to the game? That's okay. Thanks so much for uh, being part if of the they, show. If they were, if they were four and one, Do I fly down for the game. Yes, because I'd go to the Miami Georgia Tech game on Saturday night, and then I'd go to the Giants. No, I couldn't go. I have to work. I have to work. You know, I can only you can go to Monday night here. games. You well, can yeah. work from there. Oh, I can work. You from literally there. can work from anywhere. Uh, that's not true. Uh, we're out of here. We'll talk to you on uh, Wednesday with some trade talk. we got a live stream Thursday night. And you, know, you know the deal. All right, see ya. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.